0: This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. We have a special program today for veterans. And um, the interesting part is you're going to meet Shane Smith very soon, but Shane and I met through an informational interview and um, highlighted in my Job One for America's Veterans book is the phrase, quote, from Shane, don't let them blow smoke up your ass. And (laughs) I got permission to say that, but it is so military and it is so true, especially for anybody that's recently made the transition from the military into the private sector or is getting ready to make that transition. So, Shane, tell us about the phrase and how it came about and why it was so important to you. Sure. I wish I could
1: claim that I invented it, but uh, but it actually is a phrase that we use uh, quite a bit in the military. First of all, let me lead in with the fact that I'm a veteran. I transitioned three years ago. Um, so I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Um, but transition's hard. Uh, it's one of the hardest things that, that somebody who's been part of a high-functioning team is going to really struggle with um, when they're doing it and going it alone, and tell us a little bit about your your
0: Navy career sure so we know um, I have a background yeah
1: I have a background uh, in marine corps administration um, i 've handled everything from high level correspondence awards, uh, performance evaluations, um, general correspondence, but also led teams uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan doing the same job, but just doing it in different locations so um, I had a career for twenty years and six months, and when the time came to uh, to transition I was excited. Uh, I felt I had had enough education and experience um, that businesses would be more than willing jumping at the chance to talk to me. Um, but the reality was is that in order for you to market yourself effectively you really have to connect. Um, and that's kind of where the military falls short is connecting in the community in which it exists. Um, so, For me, networking was kind of the the way to kind of tell your professional story over and over and over again Um, and you have to have a really high degree of emotional intelligence uh, to be able to understand what you want to do but also what you don't want to do. And and all that comes with kind of actually living and breathing the transition process. Um, So I've been through that and the whole idea of the blow smoke up your ass, to go back to your original comment, is people in the military have a tendency to uh, paint a rosier picture, meaning when you go to transition, you're going to have great offers. People are going to be clamoring. A much
0: rosier. Yeah.
1: Because Just you much. have vast leadership experience. You have um, led teams large and small. You've been in charge of a large operating budget. Um, maybe you've flown you know, high-value aircraft. It, it's a variety of different experiences, but it all comes down to this element of trust. Um, and the military does a good job of trusting you, giving you a little bit more, um, you know, leash than they're probably comfortable with sometimes. But that allows people in the military to rise to the occasion. So um, it was a fun ride. But then I started a transition uh, in 2015, and I knew I wanted to stay in San Diego. I just didn't know exactly maybe what I wanted to do. Um, I graduated from San Marcos with a degree in finance. I had recently got my MBA because I thought that's going to help make me more marketable. It's going to help me to present myself and cast myself in the best possible light uh, to the
0: businesses that I wanted to be involved with. And what would you recommend to somebody that's in the military right now that it's 12 months from from discharge and they've decided they want to stay in San Diego? Now, some of the skills relate to San Diego, but what... What do you wish you knew 12 months before you got out that you would want to tell viewers to be sure to start doing? I think the most important thing is to
1: start your transition early. Uh, The earlier the better. Um, Most people understand that they're going to transition, whether they do four years or forty years, they understand at least twelve to eighteen months out that they're going to start to migrate away from military service and they're going to look to pivot into uh, into some new experiences. So that really is kind of the, the s- sweet spot to start building your brand and building your network, um, and get yourself out to SDMAC, which is the San Diego Military Advisory Council. Get your name
0: out at Go Nab- to those breakfast meetings, go to their breakfasts. events, go to their job fairs.
1: Great ways to practice. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, what can I do to help? And um, you really want to start taking what I call 10% time. So Google calls it 20% time. It's where you know, they allow people who work at Google to work on whatever they want to for 20% of their work week. Um, for, now, as it relates to transition, I call it 10% time. So if you work, let's say, a typical 40-hour work week, you want to take about four hours um, and then use that, dedicate it towards transition, meaning I'm either going to meet with somebody, I'm going to have lunch, I'll have coffee, um, I'm going to somehow, some way begin to start to create some professional distance from my old career in the military, and get some momentum towards my new career, uh, my next career. So, uh, the 10% time is something
0: that I think is kind of important. Does the military approve that, or you sort of need to sneak it in on lunches and? I think it, association it, meetings it
1: requires a little bit of creativity, but it's not something that's too difficult to do. You can fit it in during lunch, and, and it may be career exploration, looking into different industries. If you want a career in sustainability, maybe you know, looking into that. If you want a career in finance, looking into that. Um, connecting with people in the community who, do those, uh, who work with, within those industries so that you can start to explore,
0: hey, is this something that I want to do, uh, or is this something that maybe I want to pivot away from? Because I've talked to high-level people in the military, and they say when, when, when people are transitioning out, we get it. They, they start to wind down, sure. right? And their responsibilities become a little less and a little less, and they're not you know, sent on foreign assignments. And so yes. we expect them, because they want them to have a smooth landing yes. into the private sector. So, I mean, it's good that the military supports that.
1: Yeah, and they are they are very, very supportive in terms of um, understanding that you, once you start to transition, you're going to need to do less and less uh, depending on, you know, mission requirements. But you're going to need to begin to start to take care of yourself. Um, and they do want you to be successful. I mean, they do a great job. The transition seminars um, do a great job with how to build your LinkedIn profile, how to write a really good resume. You know, they go over the STAR method and come up with specific examples because everybody's service is slightly different and they're in you know, a variety of different you know, skill sets and job requirements. So um, the transition folks do a really good job of setting the foundation, but then it becomes on you and coming on you to make sure that you make the leap um, from transition, once you go out the gate for the last time, um, that you're armed and I hate to use the term armed and ready, but just ready just ready for the this veteran stuff
0: just doesn't leave you, does it? Huh? It's,
1: it's it's difficult. You try and tamp it down, but it kind of percolates up from time to time.
0: So I mean, that's a person that ideally started 12 or 18 months out. Sure. So let's say one of our viewers is saying, "It's too late now. I got out a month ago, and I'm and I'm I've hit headwinds, and I don't know what to do." Sure. What's your advice to them to start doing or stop doing? Um, They're out already. They've lost the support of the military. You need to gather
1: momentum. That would be my advice. Um, and there are, there's no shortage of individuals in San Diego that are willing to help um, connect you as a veteran. Um, now, granted, understand that there's also kind of a, a shelf life or an expiration date where, you know, if you've been a veteran who's been sitting on the shelf for a long time, um, you can't really play that card. It starts to lose quite a bit of impact and emphasis. Um, but that's not to say it can't be done. Um, How long do you have to play the veteran card? I would say, realistically, you need to probably land something within 12 to 18 months. Um, but don't despair. There are opportunities out there. I mean, you know, you and I had the conversation where we talked about unemployment's at 2.9%, so it's favorable uh, for people who are out there looking for work. Um, One of the things that that I think is interesting, though, is um, veteran unemployment in San Diego is quite a bit higher. I just read an article that uh, the Chamber did where it's about 5.6 percent. So it's a little bit more alarming, but still uh, easy to be overcome uh, as long as you keep a positive mindset, uh, connect, connect early, connect often, um, and and kind of make these meaningful collisions with people in the community. Because, again, the military has a, a tough time connecting um, veterans w- w- to the community in which, you know, they reside.
0: Yeah, and um, a friend of mine that's an admiral said, our job is to fight wars and be prepared to fight wars. We're not an outplacement agency, Sure. right? So I can't take funds and open an outplacement department sure. that's that's budgeted for something else. So they really look for the private sector to to uh, to promote that. And one of the things we look at from the private sector also is if you've been out of work for 18 months. Why has somebody else not hired you? What what do they know that I don't know? So while it's great to take a few months off or six months, be able to explain to me why you did that and how that was used as productive time. You know, I was on foreign assignments for 50%. I wanted to spend six months with my kids and just focus on them and my wife and... That makes perfect sense. We say, well, I just wanted to goof off and go to the beach and drink beer and something. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> okay. So be able to, be able to quantify and, and tell us what that is. Because we're going to get suspicious if you've had too, too far um, away from the veteran thing. Um, and it's a little concerning if you've been out 20 or 30 years to play the veteran card. It's sort of like, mm. You know, we sort of look at post 9/11 as as that piece. Sure. Um, so be careful. We were buying a car once, and the and the fellow said, um, "Hi, my name's Joe Smith. I'm a proud veteran of the Navy." And and then probably in the next ten minutes, mentioned he was a veteran five more times. And this guy was probably in his 60s, right? And my wife and I were like, enough. I was. I was impressed the first time, but not the eighth time. Like you, you just pounded it in and it's done. So be careful how you use that card and use it when it's, when it's important. Sure,
1: sure. Um, you know, I think there can be, you know, a positive association with veterans, and, you know, there's always, you know, at the airport, you get the thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you and deserve kind of, it. You yeah, just, deserve that. Well, and just be humble and just be humble and say, you know, you're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to serve and, and move on with your day. Um, I'm not the type of person uh, who needs to thump, you know, the drum that I was a veteran because I, it's what I did, and it is kind of at the core of who I am, but I like to think that I'm a lot more than that. Um, you know, I'm a husband, father, son, you know, all these other things. Um, and at the end of the day, we're all kind of just a collection of human beings. Uh, and we all kind of want to make the most of, of the time that we have while we're here. So, yeah.
0: the other, we're going to talk a little bit about how you sell yourself as a veteran. And I've got to tell you, my experience of interviewing hundreds of veterans, there's three things they talk about teamwork, leadership, and logistics. Sure. <laughs> I, I thought the military was a whole lot more than moving logistics around, but everybody mentions logistics. And from a private sector point of view, in the private sector, we want people with leadership and teamwork that's not an anomaly like you're the only people that that have that but they seem to focus on that and what do we say to veterans who who that's their knee-jerk reaction or those are the, these are the skills i bring to the private sector and how do how do you suggest they explain that i know that people in the business community have the, those same leadership experiences
1: and and it's kind of actually difficult for a veteran to say hey i've been in charge of teams of you know fifty to two hundred people um, because you know, guess what, people in the you know, regular ordinary citizens in the civilian community have been doing that yeah. as well. Um, so you, know, you can't just you know, hook your anchor to that as, you know that's my, the one thing that I'm best at. So if you can drill down to the one thing that I'm best at, um, and you can use that as your anchor and get away from kind of speaking in generalities in terms of what you did and, and you know, the things that you're good at when you talk teamwork, you know, leadership and logistics, um, I like to think it more in terms of you know, you've got gen- genuine altruism, meaning that you actually care about the, the work that you do and you care about the community in which you live, um, and then just being conscientious. Um, I think that's another good uh, selling point because it's something that translates really well. I'm well, or- I'm well organized. Um, I come to work and I'm going to be effective and I'm going to be efficient and I'm going to look for different ways that I can seize the initiative. You know, these are all messages that you can actually sell um, because, you know, any business is looking to either make money or save money. You and I have had that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you can temper your conversation to how can I save this company money or how can I make this company money, you're going to be much more effective. Uh, and, and those, you know, kind of social skills that you talked about, um, which there are a lot more that veterans possess, those will kind of float to the surface over time. Um, but you don't want to be too overly aggressive uh, and lead in, and and then it comes across as either cocky or intimidating. You want to be kind of the, the sweet spot. I, you just want to be interesting, you know, and people... and As kind a person, of a, have not a likeability, as a commander in the Navy. Yeah, have a likability kind of component to, to you. Yeah, you don't want to be like the guy who's in charge, and and you don't want to live up to the stereotypes, because every person thinks military, and they immediately see a uniform, and somebody... You know, traipsing around the desert or the jungle with a gun. Well, there's an entire support staff that that is associated to helping those people. You know, win that fight. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more to uh, military veterans than just, you know, again, the stereotype. And we all don't have uh, PTSD, and we're, we're all not uh, going to come in and try and shake up the world or you know, come in with this very directive style of leadership. Um, one of the things that you learn over the course of practicing this leadership skill for 20 plus years or even 4 years is that you learn a time when when authoritative leadership works best and it's usually when kind of time is of the essence or we we've got constrained resources and a decision has to be made and then there's kind of a time when there's more democratic process so they can veterans can do either
0: one yeah because in the private sector we have this sort of image of it's easy to lead when you can command somebody and they have to say yes or no, sir, and go do it, right? Versus I've got a department of 250 people. They range in age from 18 to 68. They're half female, half English, second language to many of them. I've got a very diverse picture of Americana out there. And I don't just walk in and say, you'll be on time tomorrow morning. Everybody's answer with yes, sir, right? That's easy to lead. How do you answer the question about... When, it's, when you go beyond the yes-sir, no-sir leadership skills?
1: I think it's important to kind of soften your image, but um, as a veteran, you don't want to go too soft because then you don't have the, the ability to, to, you know, kind of firm that up when you need to. You, we need to continue to still be able to, to practice uh, having the tough conversations, um, you know, but without kind of defaulting to this short-term results uh, of you know you'll you'll do it when I say because I said so, uh, uh, and applying a little bit more finesse, uh, a little bit more finesse to it.
0: Was it awkward getting out of the uniform that you'd worn for 20
1: years? There is a little bit of a grieving process, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, like for your whites. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 interesting because. You know, even though you know that this day is coming and it's, you know, something that's set in stone, for me, April 23rd, 2015 was... Other than you that, you don't remember when it was, right? No. Yeah. What time of the day? Uh, it was 10 o'clock. Okay. But um, there is a little bit of a grieving process takes, that takes place because, you know, the second you you walk out the gate or roll out the gate, you know, the phone doesn't ring anymore. You know, there's nobody emailing you. You're not solving anybody's problems. Um, and the organization has started to kind of move on, um, but meanwhile, you're like there's still kind of this need to be needed. Um, so you got to find a way to, to exert that energy in a positive way, and, and maybe it's you know going to the gym more or you know playing racquetball or whatever. Going back to something that maybe you used to do uh, that maybe you haven't had time to do. You know, in San Diego, maybe you want to surf more. So. You know, yeah. channel that energy um, and that angst and kind of that anxiety about the unknown, uh, navigating the unknown, and do
0: it in a positive way. So the worst fear is that someone gets out of the military, they go home and sort of begin a what I'll call a pity party. Nobody's calling me. They told me I was in demand. Everybody loves veterans. Well, I'm here at home on the couch and nobody's calling me. Nobody's. Sending me job descriptions, nobody wants to work with me when I, I call it a pity party. so how do we get beyond that? How do we motivate ourselves because there 's lots of people doing that right now. What, what sure. words of wisdom do we get them up and energized and excited about what they want to do
1: well I mean first of all it 's san Diego I mean here in san diego it 's san diego, so you 've got to be excited about just being here in this location you know there 's a lot of veterans who, Welcome who to our world who right? would love to to live here um, and just look for the positive in everything. Um, it's very, very easy to get inside your own head because you're navigating this transition, but you're not alone. You know, you're not the first person to transition from service, nor will you be the last person to transition from service. There's, a, there's somebody else who transitioned a week after I did, um, and they navigate the space as well. So I think connecting with other veterans, and that, I mean, the Veterans Beer Club is, is a good resource as well. Now, don't let the name fool you. It's, it's meant to be a relaxed environment for people to network and also explore San Diego's great craft brewery industry
0: at the same time. In that order, right? Yes. Networking is most yes. important. And by the way, it's at a new craft beer. Absolutely. Site. And there's about, last one there were 200 people. I mean, it's a great easily, resource. Easily 200 people.
1: And they come across a, a wide variety of industries. Um, they have a forward kind of thinking mentality, but there's also a little bit of reverence. So if you're looking for, to have kind of the, the, the gun club kind of mentality, you still get that, but you also ha- will leave there with information or you'll meet people, um, which I think is important as you're trying to get this momentum and gather this
0: momentum. Yeah. And we've seen that, especially veterans, I mean, this, in this beer drinking group, veterans beer drinking, half or more of the people are working and they're, they're yes. looking for leads for their peers that have just come in and are looking to network to find openings. So that's what I yes. thought was so supportive. Yes. Um, and then a little kick in the butts too. Yeah. About enough with the pity party. Get out there and interview. Exactly. Right? I mean Well and
1: that's kind of that would be one of another piece of advice I would give anybody who's, you know, maybe trying to transition from the couch is you gotta get out you got to get out and meet people. You got to meet people. Um, the power of people is so important when you're trying to, you know, land that next opportunity. So the Veterans Beer Club is a good way. It's a nice icebreaker. It's a good way for you to practice. Uh, it's a safe space. It's informal. Um, you're going to leave there with either some advice, um, and it's going to be pretty circumspect advice at that. You're going to leave with a couple of connections, um, you know, so always remember to bring your business cards. Um, and then you're going to get some advice about maybe what's the next step. So if I want a career in HR, maybe I need to explore, you know, San Diego SHRM. Um, Maybe if I want a career as a project manager, I need to explore getting my PMP. Like these are all things that people that have kind of walked the path will be able to kind of help pull another veteran along. And, and that's kind of the other piece of advice is... You know, for veterans that are successful in navigating the space, be able to tell your story, be willing to tell your story um, early and often, and then don't pull the ladder up behind you. Like, you, it's so important because there are so many veterans, especially here in San Diego, that that need a little bit of assistance, and that small little leg up will make all the difference.
0: Yeah. In, in our business, we talk about the 30-second elevator speech. I, I find one of the frustrations of people transitioning from the military is... I don't know what I want to do. I've been this in the military, you know, commander of a submarine. Yeah. And there aren't private sector jobs that do that. Sure. So how, do I, how would you suggest by that well before they, they get out of the military that they have a focus of the two or three career paths they're interested in? Because I find the people that end up on the couch watching TV have still have no idea what they want to do. The sure. ones that are saying I've got three career paths and I'm doing informational interviews and I'm going to association meetings and I may change my name my mind five times. But I've got a focus of what I think I want to do and where my skills are. How do we how do we get them to develop those those career paths so that they can put that thirty second LR speech? Okay. So I think it, developing your emotional intelligence, there are a number of resources
1: out there The Myers-Briggs. I took the Myers-Briggs so that I could understand myself a little bit better. Uh, My personality profile, uh, as you're aware, is I'm an ENTJ. Uh, I'm outgoing. I'm energetic. I'm intuitive, thinking, judging. I'm all those things. That's why I like the guy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. They call it the profile that is called the commander. Like I'm, I'm the person that likes to be in charge, um, not because uh, not because I am in charge, but because of the results that we're able to accomplish as a team. Um, you know, other people are INTJs and, you know, and... Yeah, strength
0: finders is another test they yes. should get a hold of.
1: Yeah, that absolutely is. For career um, choices. So uh, I can dazzle you with my five. So strategic, futuristic, woo, communication, and a arranger. Those are my five strengths.
0: If we had time, we'd ask what your woo was,
1: but let's, let's keep going. <laughs> well, well, woo isn't the cheerleading. It's the salesmanship aspect. Um, it sounds funny every time I tell it, and I actually have to explain, like, not woo like a good time guy, but woo you as in... Yeah, that, yeah, you think they changed I have an element of, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I am able to get people to change their mind, um, and it's something that, I, that you don't even realize those are your strengths, and then when you, you know, when, once you see them on paper, you start to realize, like, oh, like, this is something that... And I should be proud of this. Yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah. Well, you should definitely own it, um, first of all, but then also use it to your advantage because, you know, everybody wants uh, a role that they're going to play to their strengths, and then they can work on their weaknesses. Um, So, you know, for an ENTJ like myself, it's probably going to be like a career in sales. But I said to myself, I said, I'm not really comfortable doing sales because uh, I didn't like the fluctuation and kind of the month-to-month living where it's like every month or every quarter you're going to get you know your targets gonna get reset we're gonna continue to move you know move the marker so maybe something for me inside sales was something that I explored Um, you know again like I wanted to do something within finance Um, and I actually had a sustainability kind of bent to my MBA so that was something that I was really interested in you know saving a company money you know with the Triple bottom line savings that they talk about, and then you had this HR path and training path also,
0: right? Sure, so sure.
1: Um, I mean, I spent about half my time kind of in a training and development role, and I didn't realize at the time that you're going through it that you're. You know, I was always at my best when I was helping others achieve their best. Um, so you know, it's kind of that selfless giving uh, and training aspect that I really enjoyed. Um, One of the things that I know that you're still flabbergasted by is like when I tell you that I was a drill instructor, you know, I wore the funny hat and and I did all the running around and had the scratchy voice and
0: screamed and yelled at poor little 17 and 18 year old guys. Sure. Sure. I don't think you made them cry, but but I'm not
1: that intimidating. Once you get to know me as a person, it was just a job. It was what I did at the time. Uh, And, you know, it doesn't define who I am. Uh, So, but it's. For me, that was when I was absolutely at my best, uh, was when helping helping others achieve their goals. Um, and so maybe that is how my ENTJ got shaped along the way. Um, but I had a lot of people who helped mentor me, um, and they still mentor me to this day. Uh, so I'm certainly appreciative of that, and I'm will, more than willing to uh, reach out to any veteran who maybe is struggling through transition and help steer yeah. them <laughs> Along the way, so that they can have success far beyond what they ever imagined, um, because the last thing I want to do is see a veteran who's unemployed, uh, underemployed, or underutilized. Meaning the guy who's kind of sitting, "Woe is me," on the couch. Um, yeah, and then uh, that's the only way that that number. Of unemployed veterans is going to continue to come down. And I
0: absolutely, I found veterans the most willing to meet with anybody that's transitioning to try to help them. Sort of like I made it through, now I'm going to help you make it through. Sure. Sometimes we we, people say, "Hey, I got this job; you're on your own." Right? Stay away from me. Um, But veterans are really supportive. So, so while you're still in the military, 12 to 18 months, start thinking about what you want to do. Start thinking about career paths. Start thinking about go to associations, go to meetings, yes. meet with people that are in that field. Yes. Either say, oh, I love HR. Or, oh my God, run away screaming. Thank heavens I didn't spend any time with that. It's called an informational interview. Talk to people that are successful, that that love what they do. Why is it you know? What are you doing? Is that something I might want to do? And you just t- take pieces of that, sure. which, are, which is, is really important. But I think your message, Shane, is don't lay back and think I'm the best thing since gravy. Everybody's going to fight for me. I'm going to fight off the job offers. I don't care if I'm an admiral or a lowest level, you know, corporal. I'm a veteran and people are going to flock to me because I have leadership skills and teamwork and I'm a vet. That doesn't happen and it's a huge letdown. It's like somebody's built you up here and the reality is is down here. And we got to own it. The veteran has to own their transition. They've got to make it happen. They've got to put themselves in uncomfortable situations like, like you've done. And network. We talked about veterans are very open. I don't, well, I don't know anybody in the HR field. Network till you find somebody that's in HR, that's a fellow veteran, and sure. call them. And you'll rarely get a no. One of the best successes
1: that I had, um, and, and this is kind of my token, whether it was an email or a conversation I would have, I'd be like, hi, my name is Shane Smith. I'm conducting my own personal career exploration because I'm a veteran who's about 12 to 18 months out, or insert the appropriate amount of time. Um, is there any way that I could take a few minutes of your time so that I could talk to you about possibly finding a role within X, uh, finance, sustainability, operations, human resources, doesn't matter, um, cybersecurity, you name it. Um, because veterans all have those experiences Mm -hmm. as well. So, and some of them translate well. Um, Some of them are a little bit harder
0: to articulate. A little more of a stretch, but can be done.
1: Yeah, it can be done. You know, and that's where the the transition folks do a really good job uh, of helping kind of solidify your resume. Um, But you need to be able to jump off the page as a live human being when you get the opportunity. Um, That is way more important than, you know, having put your resume out there on LinkedIn, put your resume out on, you know, every site known to man and then kind of get no results. Yeah. Um, but so you've just got to enjoy the ride. It is going to be a roller, an emotional roller coaster um, of ups and downs. You're going to find a company, you're going to think that it's this close, and then the carpet will just get pulled out from under you. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, just you need to continue to practice telling your professional story. But so I do you think ready.
0: veterans are a little more fragile with that, with that pull out from under? Yeah, there's a little ego that's
1: involved there. It's tough to kind of put your ego on hold. Um, and I, I mean, I, it's something that I personally even struggle with. It's like, you know, you've, you've done so good for so long with so many, you know, different experiences, um, it sometimes is difficult, you know, to continue to be told no. So you just kind of have to be resilient Um, You know, most veterans have been through challenges before and overcome challenges, whether it was boot camp or officer training um, and then challenges in combat and also here, you know, in stateside or in garrison, as we call it. Um, So that resiliency doesn't go away. You just still need to hang on to that and utilize it um, and understand that, you know, your search or your next career, it's only a temporary thing.
0: Yeah, you know, that first job out of the military also isn't the one you're going to do for the rest of your life. No, no. So just know that the average permanent job in America is slightly over four years. And if you're in your 20s or early 30s, it's more like two years. So, yeah. well, Shane, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I, I think I, I appreciate some that. Somehow. Great advice. And as the theme of job one is we all have a career coach and it needs to be us. And it's no different when you're a veteran. You need to own your job search, and you need to know where the hurdles are. You need to know when to use the veteran trump card when it's appropriate, but not overuse it. But there is lots of opportunity out there. And just own your transition, get out of your comfort zone, and know that the right job in the private sector is out there for you when you're ready for it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the next segment.